Bulldog fans, it's time to hunker down. I'm your host, Jerry the Impact York from Impact Media. This is our weekly drive right past the hedges into Sanford Stadium to talk all things UGA Bulldogs. Not as much to get into this week. We don't have a guest. We are lining up some that I think you guys will enjoy for future episodes. But especially coming off the bye week, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes I, I really I think you guys are going to enjoy the guests we're going to have. We'll put it that way. As always, if you would like to support the show or reach out to us in any way possible, here are the ways you could do so. You can email us. 3endzone at gmail.com. That is the number 3, E-N-D-Z-O-N-E, at gmail.com. You can put UGA or hunker down or anything in the subject line if you want, or I'll probably be able to tell based off your question or comment or suggestion, uh, but we appreciate that. If you want to search for us on Facebook, you can do so by looking for Hunker Down, Jeremy York, or Impact Media, any of that should find us. If you are one of those people who like to just click a link and listen to the show, you can do so on Twitter, at Team Impact Media. If you would like to follow myself for all kinds of uh, things related to the show and a lot of things not related to the show, you can do so by following me at the Impact 99 on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram, uh, and anywhere you find a podcast. Almost forgot that one. Including the iTunes Store, Spotify, Podcast One, and uh, many other amazing places. If there is a place you regularly get a podcast that you cannot find, hunker down, let us know. We will fix that accordingly. Now, as I said, they're coming off, UGA is coming off the bye week. I am happy to report they won the bye week. They won the bye week. I, I had kind of hinted towards some things last week when we had um, we had our guest on, Matt Fuller, uh, super all-around guy. I, I very much enjoyed his origin of fandom story there and, and what it means to him to be a dog fan with it being so personal. I uh, thought that was fantastic, but something I alluded to is there are ways to win and lose the bye week. Um, ways to basically as long as you don't lose the bye week, you win it. And here are ways that you can lose the bye week. You can have uh, major injuries. The dogs did not suffer a major injury they did not already know about, and we will get into one of those in a minute. You can have a player dismissed or leave the team. As far as I saw, I, I didn't see anything. Did you guys see anything? Nobody did that. Everybody is still gung-ho and going. Uh, you can have uh, somebody arrested. Nope, didn't see any of that either. Something that you... I do not want to knock the previous coach because he was fantastic. And uh, I'm a big fan of his as well. But under Kirby's tincture, intent tenure, under Kirby's tenure, you haven't really seen any riffraff. So either they're really good at either they're really good at covering it up or it's just not happening. I tend to think it's probably not happening. So they officially won the bye week. Congratulations. 
Um, I do want to get into a couple stories, and then um, in the second portion of the show, you talk about a couple of the things people were talking about early on about UGA this week. They do play Florida in the biggest outdoor cocktail party this weekend down in Jacksonville. The neutral site game they have played for ages. But we'll talk about that in the second half of the show. Uh, I, I wanted the thing I want to talk about in the front. There's there's a couple stories. First, we found out that Georgia safety Dan Jackson um, is not going to be available for the game this weekend versus Florida in Jacksonville. Kirby Smart told us just uh, Tuesday night, just last night that uh, Jackson, who is one of the main tackle monsters on the team, won't be available. And uh, at some point, he's going to get surgery on his foot. At some point. They don't know where yet. I think as long as he can kind of tough it out and go, then I I think they're going to have him on the field to do so. But at at some point, he's going to have to go under the knife and uh, and get it fixed. But when he does, it will end his season. So I think he's he's trying to make it through the season without uh, hurting the team. I think that's why this week, to get more treatment on it, they are deciding to, uh, you know, play more for the caution and say, you know what, we we uh, will we'll try to figure it out. We want you more healthy for some games coming up. And that is no knock on Florida. Florida is the team they're going to have to deal with, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, according to Coach Smart, otherwise known as Kirby, he said it is going to be uh, kind of a committee thing to to take over the play for Jackson and what he means to this team. I mean, look at the depth they got. They've got uh, David Daniel Sizavon. Siz- saying his name right? Hope so. They've got uh, Tyke Smith. They got Jacory Thomas. They got Javon Bullard. All those guys have regularly took reps in practice. They have gotten game time. They have been in. Um, Even if you just play them at a rotation or at a – maybe you play certain matchups. Maybe Tyke Smith is good against uh, a boundary receiver. Maybe Javon Bullard or Corey Thomas are better against route runners. You know, maybe you match them up one-on-one like that, or maybe they're they're better in certain coverages. But Kirby's going to have tons of options. We wish – Jackson the best. I mean, he started as a walk-on and was able to to get into the special teams before he get before he got that starting safety spot. And uh, such a good story. But I'm glad that Kirby and Jackson and and all those all the people involved seem to be thinking ahead and thinking about the things that a lot of people usually don't. Yes, this is college football. Yes, it is great, and you can really earn achievements and things like that. But it's also about the human and going forward. You don't want to do such permanent damage to your body that it affects you from here on out. So I'm glad that they are. I'm glad that they are being precautionary. I do think he's still going to play a little bit this year. I think they're trying to save him for some bigger games, maybe a conference title or a playoff. You know, I I, I think that's what we're going to look at. That's, that's probably what they're going to do. Uh, not a whole lot really going on with the dogs this week. 
besides that, but th- there's something that that um, that caught my attention, and that it it the one that was brought to my attention. I, I was I had already I was already looking into it uh, from some other people, but uh, Kurt Herbstreit. Well, I'm a fan of Kirk Herbstreit. I, he's really good. Um, me and him tend to disagree when it comes to um, Buckeye Wolverine things, but it's fine. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. It's fine that he's on TV. I, I have no problems with that. I have no problem with him at all. If he walked in here now, I would shake his hand and we could talk about anything he wants, including Buckeyes. That's fine. Um, somebody asked him about the SEC and about national rankings and things like that. And they brought up Tennessee and how they compare to Georgia. And Herb Street says that he would give Tennessee the edge over Georgia. Okay. It's, it's, it's understandable. It's, it is understandable. And I'm, I'm going to make this a broader thing. It's not just that. It's... The Bulldogs have you could you could argue it's plus it's my show and it's about the Bulldogs so we're gonna we're gonna make this argument. You can say that the Bulldogs have been the best team all year, not just because they're ranked number one, not uh, not just that. You could say that even through the ups and downs, that probably Georgia or Ohio State are probably the two best teams in the country right now. That's, yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you could also argue that Tennessee is having a fantastic year. They knocked off Alabama. That's a heck of a, an achievement. I have no ill will for, for the volunteers. I actually like the color orange. Um, but I think we've all been in this situation before. Maybe it was at a workplace. Maybe it was uh, in a relationship. Maybe it was uh, sometimes with your group of friends or just, I mean, in general, where you're doing really well. People recognize recognizing that you're doing really well or doing things really well. And then along comes, I'm not even going to say the shiny new toy, because this this is, I think, Tennessee is more sustainable than that. Uh, I think they really are doing some good things. But something new comes along, or somebody new. Let's let's do job place. Let's, let's stay out of relationships here. This could, this could get really deep quickly. Um, let's, let's say, you know, you're doing really good at your job. And then a new person comes in the department and uh, out of the gate, they're doing some really good things. Doesn't matter if it's as good, not as good, or even greater than what you did. Doesn't matter. They just start to do some really good things and, and they're starting to get super recognized. And you know at some point that you guys are going to have to um, face off. Face off. At some point, their performance and your performance is going to go toe to toe. And at that point, at that point, on that very day, that's all that that proves. Those people could be better, or maybe they're not. You won't know till you actually face off. 
But I think that's what's happened here. We've all recognized that Georgia is just a perennial powerhouse each and every week, not just to do well in the SEC, not just to represent the SEC, but to get in the Final Four almost every year. In fact, they have been practically every year with the opportunity to play in championship games and the opportunity to win them, as they did last year. Uh, Tennessee is the is the new the new powerhouse, though. That doesn't mean that two powerhouses can't coexist because Georgia and Alabama have been on opposite sides of the conference for a while. Both of them just plugging along two freight trains that occasionally cross on the tracks. Tennessee is is on the east side with UGA. That's fine. At you know down the road they're they're gonna face off. But like I said, we've all been there where everybody wants to recognize the new achievements as opposed to the one who's been doing it the whole time. So Georgia fans, just let it kind of roll off the shoulder. You know, just it's totally fine. You guys should be comfortable and happy with being the number one team in not only the SEC, but in the nation. You know you have a rough stretch of games coming. You know at some point Tennessee is going to be there. You know Florida's this weekend. Um, you know, Kentucky, there's there's some other games coming up. We'll talk into that. At that point, we don't know what Georgia Tech is going to be. That they could they could what if what if it's a, a Kent State related thing? They play you tough for a, for a little while. We don't know. But I'm just saying this, Dog Nation. Stick to your stick to your 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 rock and hard place here. Stick to your your position on the hill. The 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 hill for battle here, and know that you do have the upper hand. You do have the advantage in every battle coming up. And yes, it's real nice that Tennessee's doing well. That's also going to help your resume when you knock off a really really good team. What helped Tennessee? Not just because they're doing well and they're undefeated. What helped Tennessee was they knocked off Alabama, a team that a lot of people would love to knock off, but they don't have the firepower. And yet Tennessee found the firepower. That that game could have went either way. Remember that that was like that was like what fifty six to to fifty or something. I mean it was it was a bunch of points that were scored there. So that could have actually went either direction. So let's let's give them credit there. UGA fans, just be proud of your team and know that you are the king of the mountain and they have to knock you off the mountain, not the other way around. And I feel really good about your chances. Even to the detriment of a gentleman's agreement I have with a very good friend, I very much like UGA's chances to look as good or better than last year. But there you go, you know, and, and and I'm not saying you can't get upset at, at other reporters or even other fans that choose other sides or choose other people over you. That's their opinion. They are entitled to it the same way you are entitled to your opinion. Just because it doesn't line up with you doesn't mean you can't coexist. You can agree to disagree. You can go uh, share a sub sandwich, maybe some nice ice cream from the buttered udder if you're down here uh, in the, what, 
gosh, they're in Hiram, they're in Dallas, they're in, or not Dallas, they're in Hiram, they're in Bremen, they're in Carrollton, they've got the Travel, uh, Blue Moo, I mean, Butter Dutter, go check them out. Friends of the show, they don't even sponsor the show, I'll tell you how good they are. But, UJ fans, like I said, just stick to your guns. I, I think stick to stick to your your position on the hill. The battle's coming, but I think you guys are going to be ready, and uh, I like your chances. But that is going to do it for the first part of the show. We're going to take a quick break where we're going to learn about our friends at BetOnline.net, and when we come back, we will preview the game versus those Gators down south. We'll be right back after this break. Hi, this is Jeremy the Impact York from Strong Style Board Check and that sports show. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, including this year's opening games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back here on Hunker Down. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome in. Welcome back in. First part of the show, we we addressed uh, the the injury to Jackson and, and what that's going to mean for the safety and defensive back positions, and uh, you know, I hopefully helped you guys out with those office debates that are uh, people trying to knock you guys off the mountain. Last time I checked, you're king of the mountain until somebody else becomes king of the mountain, and that's a long way away. They've got a ways to go. Let's talk a little bit about this game. As the George Bulldogs, they're going to be the home team, I believe, this year. They host the Florida Gators in Jacksonville at US, was it USAA Bank Arena or TIAA Bank Arena. Yeah, that's what it is. Down with the Jaguars play. Shout out to all uh, friends of the show and friends of mine down in the Jacksonville area. I uh, went down there a couple of years ago, had a fantastic time, had some great people that I still and friends with now. But uh, this game is going to be on CBS, a 3.30 kick. It's a good time. It's a good time. Got time to get up, get some stuff done, go get some snacks, get back to the house, watch that game. It's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. Uh, obviously, we know public perception is that UGA should roll this game, which is very possible. Let's talk a little bit about the Florida Gators. They are led They are led by quarterback Anthony Richardson, who is a sophomore out of Gainesville, Florida. So he's a homegrown. He is 96 for 170 this year, 1,367 yards, six touchdowns, and seven interceptions. It's not bad. They have been a different style team this year. Uh, you know, he's been able to 
handoff to Montreal Johnson Jr., who has 59 carries for 425 yards and seven touchdowns. He has been the workhorse back for sure. He has had weapons like Justin Shorter, who come all the way down from New Jersey. He has 18 receptions, 405 yards, and two touchdowns. This Gators team, you know, they, they're they averaging about a little over 200 yards passing, a little over 200 yards rushing. They are very balanced. They wait until you kind of commit. And when you commit to one, they do the opposite, which is what you're supposed to do. They're averaging 31 points a game, and they average giving up 28. Pretty sure we're going to score more than that. Uh, we'll get to UGA numbers in a minute. Um, as far as yards allowed, it, it's crazy. Total yards, they're averaging 430. They're giving up 429. So they're giving up a lot of yards, not always a lot of points. Uh, their defense does some uh, some pretty good stuff. They they have some good defensive backs, so it's kind of hard to you got even if you spread it out, they can kind of go with you. They've got the pass rushers; they will come after you. If they, uh, if need be, and they are also three and two in their last five, including wins over UCF, um, Missouri, and Eastern Washington. They had the loss to LSU. And the loss to, at that time, the number 11 ranked Tennessee Volunteers. It's um, pretty interesting the way they do things. As I said, uh, they do have a pass rush if they do want to come at you. They you know, they will they'll really do whatever they got to do. I mean, you, you got to look at some of their their playmakers. There we go. Found the stat I was looking for, finally. Uh, Richardson, you know, he, he can run, too. He's had 56 carries for 395 yards. He scored six touchdowns on his own. You've got Trevor Etienne. I think he's the little brother of, of, of Travis. Uh, 53 carries, 334 yards. He's got three touchdowns. You got Wright, you got uh, Pearsall, Lingard, um, Battle, Joseph. They they they're locked in, stocked and loaded at the running back position, just like Georgia. Receiving wise, you know I told you about shorter. Uh, Pearsall is another one. 16 carries. I said something about him a while ago, but uh, uh, 16 receptions rather, 303 yards. He's got two touchdowns. They've got Henderson and Zipier. Whitmore, they, they can just, Zipier is the tight end. He's got 13 carries and, and a, I mean, 13 rece- receptions and a uh, touchdown on the season. Even uh, even Douglas, the wide receiver, has got, got one as well. They don't mind throwing the ball around. They have an outstanding kicker. 
that uh, he makes all the extra points. He is five out of nine on field goals. He's four from four from from around 40 and in, and he actually kicked a 50-plus uh, yarder. It was, it was actually a 50-yarder. So he has the leg, Mahalik. Uh, he's, uh, he's 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 good. On defense, their defense is led by their safety. You know, we talked about ours there. Uh, Rashad Torrance, second. He's got 55 tackles. Uh, pass defended. He's uh, he's the tackle monster out there. Not to be outdone, his linebacker friend, Ventrell Miller. Uh, he, he's the tackle monster as well. They, uh, they like to drop him into... Coverage as a linebacker, he is he is not a he more chases the play and drops in the coverage than he will coming after the quarterback. Not saying he can't. Uh, he's also caused a fumble and uh, recovered it as well. Trey Dean the third, the safety uh, is is uh, he's actually got half a sack. Got to watch him. They, like I said, they got some guys that can they can defend the pass. They got some guys that can chase you down before you can get a big play. And they've got people like Bernie and Uman Milan that uh, are racking up some sacks. Brian Cox Jr. There's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of juniors in the seconds and the thirds. A lot of uh, second and third generation players on this team, and that is that it's it's crazy how many they have, but it just shows you in building the depth that they have that family like atmosphere that they want to keep those generations coming. But I will get into what I think Florida is going to do uh, here in a minute. Here in a minute. I want to talk a little bit of Georgia first. You guys all know who the cast of this um, Marvel superhero movie is. Stetson Bennett, over 2,000 yards passing. He's got uh, seven touchdowns, only throwing the one interception. Uh, Carson Beck has been able to come in and throw for a good handful of yards. He has four touchdowns. And uh, even Brock Vandergriff got in on the action. And then this, this uh, I don't know how many heads this dragon has in the backfield, but between Edwards and Milton and McIntosh and Robinson and Stetson Bennett even has some, and they've run Brock Bowers. Anytime you can run a tight end in your backfield, you're doing something incredible. But then they got Jones and, and uh, even McConkie and Clark, and it's just it's amazing and insane how, how much this depth is there. And, I mean, they've accounted for 24 touchdowns on the ground. I mean, how, how incredible is that? The receiving core led by uh, Bowers and McConkey, you guys know that, but Washington has emerged as uh, that tight end room is unreal. Unreal. Because we didn't even get into uh, Delp or any of those guys, but even getting uh, Rosemary Jack Saint involved. They've accounted for 11 
touchdowns in the receiving core. Pod Lesney is one of the best kickers in the nation. He's 14 for 16. Where he just he just doesn't miss from 40 in. He's two for three uh, up until 50 yards out. His longest is a 42-yarder. I think he's got the leg for a 50. I know he's attempted one. I think if it come down to it, he would. I don't think this one's going to come down to it. Uh, talking about the defense, you guys know the tackle monsters uh, is so spread out on a lot of teams on Florida. There are three or four players that have just a ton of tackles, and then everybody else kind of filters out. On this UGA defense, uh, Dumas Johnson has 33 tackles, 25 for starts. Mondin Jr. has 22, 21 for C. Smith. Lassiter has 16. Uh, N. Smith, you guys know who these people are. He has 16. Jackson has 16. Ringo has 15. It just everybody has their own chunk. It shows you how complete this team really is. Um, the sack leaders. You got uh, so many Smiths on this team. You got Nolan Smith, who's got three sacks. You got Dumas Johnson, who's got two. And a handful of other people that got them. What's so crazy is that people have tried to avoid the UGA pass rush so much that they're forcing throws downfield and they're trying to get their run game going. And instead, all it does is lead to uh, tackles in the backfield and broken up pass plays. You're feeding right into the defense. They don't have to have monster sacks because they don't need them. They do fine doing just what they do. Uh, and, and having Starks and Smith and Jackson and Marshall all with interceptions, the pass defense, it's just, it's its so much fun to watch this team. And not just because they're winning, because whatever facet of the game that you're, well, fascinated by. You like a good run game? Check out the backfield. You like a good pass game? Well, Stetson Bennett finds McConkey and he finds Bowers and everybody else. Uh, you like... Do you like defensive backs that don't allow big plays? Well, they've got that too. Do you like linebackers that can drop in coverage or come after come after your quarterback and tackles in the backfield, tackles for loss? Do you do you like a pass rush that if they ever get the opportunity to be turned loose are gonna be monsters? Well, then UGA has it. UGA has all of that, and you guys know that. Now Florida, like I said, they're gonna they're gonna they know how big this game is. They're going to be up for this game. This is this is basically their this is their national championship game. This is outside of the bowl game, and I would argue that the bowl game won't be as big. This is probably the biggest, most important game they will play all year. If you are the University of Florida and you're looking at four and three, you're like, you know what? We still got five more games. To get two wins and make a bowl, probably going to do that. And I would agree with that. But if you can knock off Georgia, 
that pretty much makes your season. Uh, Napier. I have been around Billy Napier uh, a handful of times in the last few years because, for those of you who don't know, um, I cover Georgia State. I'm at all the home games. I go to a handful of the away games. Uh, Billy Napier used to be at the University of Louisiana. He's a great coach. He's doing some really good things in Florida. I think if given the right time, he's going to make them even better. Uh, he preaches about self-discipline and commitment, and he's got these guys, you know, ready to fight on the mountain. Here's what I think that the University of Florida is going to do. I believe that they are going to look at the fact that this Georgia defensive line does not have big sack number that they feel like they can exploit that. And if they can win the battle at the, at the, at the line of scrimmage, then they feel like they can, they can take over this game. I think they're sadly mistaken in trying to do this, but I think the lack of pass rush, they're going to try to stay. They're going to try to stay. He's uh, uh, Richardson is going to try to stay in the pocket. He's going to try to find his receivers down the field the way he wants them to because he's he's going to look at it and he's going to say, well, they don't have the pass rush to get after me, so I have time to stay around the pocket and make the passes that I want to make. Go for it. I don't think that's the strategy I would typically use because you're going to be throwing into these linebackers and defensive backs, and uh, I would take my chances running at the line before I would do that. But I think that's what Florida's plan is going to be. I think they are going to mix it up with a little bit of run, try to set up the pass or the pass to set up the run. I think UGA is going to be able to take that and uh, exploit that and, and make it make it actually a selling point for them. That's what I think they're going to do, though. I, I feel like that's where they're going to attack. And on defense, I believe Florida may even try to sell out to stop the run because the run is usually what kicks off this offense, even though Stetson is having a great passing year and at times the run was not working and they just went to the pass, I think Florida wants to try to force Stetson to make choices before he wants to make them and also uh, going to make Stetson pass to beat them. And that I don't know that there is a right answer on making him pass or run. I just think that's what they're going to do. Let's get to the three keys to victory, and we will get out of here on a Wednesday evening. Three keys to victory. If I am UGA, the first thing that I want to do is I actually, uh, it's just what I said. They think they have an advantage. Florida thinks they have an advantage with their offensive line over the Georgia defensive line. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. So here's what I would do. On defense, I would shut down the pass game. I would make Richardson have to rely on his own legs and the running of uh, Johnson Jr. and Etienne. Yes, they're really good in right and, and, uh, and uh, Lingard. They're, yes, they're good. But I would much rather them try to beat you on the ground than in the air, and I would make sure that they tried to do that. 
Uh, number two. I believe you need to get Lad McConkey and Brock Bowers involved early. Get those guys warmed up and going. Because the more involved they get, Florida's going to have to pay more attention to them. It's going to open up other people. And, you know, they're going to start by trying to double those guys. And then when they're having to pull guys off so that other people aren't open, when you can spread it out like that, then I, I think the sky's the limit as to what this offense can do. So, so far, we've got shut down the pass game for Florida. Get Bowers and McConkie involved early. And then number three, no special teams mistakes. That's no kickoffs out of bounds. Um, I don't I don't want to say don't miss field goals because if it's if they've got him kicking like a 56 yarder or something like that then that's more on the team than it is Pod Lesney. He doesn't set up where he kicks. He just has to kick wherever he's called upon. I think he can still hit those, but no special teams mistakes, no kicks out of bounds, no uh fumbling the snaps or the holds, you know, let's no mental mistakes on special teams. If you do these things very much think we're going to get a UGA victory. So remember, my three keys to victory for a UGA win versus Florida in Jacksonville this weekend. Shut down their pass game. Key number one, shut down their pass game. Number two, get Bowers and McConkey involved early on offense because I think it'll open up the rest of the team. And it'll mess their defense up too. Number three, no special teams mistakes. No special teams mistakes. Mental errors. That's what most of those are. And that frustrates a coach to no end. But that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks for tuning in to Hunker Down. We will have some guests in the upcoming weeks. I am excited to have them on. I think you will be excited to hear from them. But until then, I am Jeremy the Impact York. We will see you guys next week. Go dogs. <laughs>